you look at some of these businesses and you're like, man, like these guys got like 10 trucks and like they've got boom lifts. They're doing like big commercial buildings. It's like stop paying attention to what they're doing. Like you don't even want that job right now because you couldn't handle it. You have one yeah. guys on your team. Like continue to focus on like where you're at, get to the next level and then build another strategy around that. Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody, Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And you know what that means. That means if you're listening to this right now, you just entered the NBZ. That's right, the no bitch zone. Turn it off right now. If you're a victim, if you're someone that doesn't go after your dreams and someone that isn't making your life what you want it to be, you're letting life happen to you instead of you happen to life, unless you're here because you're gonna change that about yourself, just turn the podcast off, because this one ain't for you, and you're not gonna like me, and you're gonna be offended, I promise. But anyway, welcome to the No Bitch Zone, the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast. And today, I've got Mike, is it Mike, is it Wingard or Weingard? I can't remember. It's Wingard. Wingard, okay, I didn't, I said two, and I was wrong on both of them, but um, <laughs> I, got, I got Mike with me today, and Mike and I connected on uh, Facebook, actually, I think, uh, I don't know, you sent me a message, I sent you a message, we've, we've been uh, Facebook buddies, right, for yep. the last couple months, something like that, I don't know, maybe more, uh, maybe a little longer, three months, four months, I don't know, but, like um, man. yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> but, uh, but we're going to dig into Mike's story, so it's, again, another awesome episode where we just get to learn about someone else's journey and all that. Uh, but before I get into that, before before Mike and I go there, first off, Mike, I need to change the view. There we go. Now I'm side by side for all those uh, YouTube uh, viewers. But before we get into who you are, I, I need to do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, I want to say thank you again to uh, everyone that has left iTunes reviews for me. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. My hands are together. I'm pleading. If you get value out of this thing, take the, take the 30 seconds, the 60 seconds, go to iTunes, leave me a review, all right? I would appreciate it. And here's the thing. I only accept five stars or one stars. I don't accept anything in between. If I'm a four to you, make me a one, call me a bitch. But give me a one, give me a five. I don't want anything in between, all right? But please, if you get value from this, go give me uh, a review. It helps me out. That's why I'm asking. It helps me out. So thank you for that. And um, uh, next, uh, let's see here. Uh, my, my buddy, John down in South Florida left me the last review and he said something that touched my heart because it's true. He said, uh, somewhere in his review, I'm not reading that. I don't have it on my screen right now, but he said, Bobby really wants us to succeed and he's willing to tell us uh, what we need to hear to help us get there. And I appreciate that review, Mike, or, or Mike, I appreciate that review, John. And, um, and it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, why, why am I so obsessed with this little, you know, this whole bitch thing? It's because I was a bitch and I'm, I've recovered from it and I want to like bring everyone else to my side of the fence. So, so thank you guys for that. 
And next, uh, I've got to give another big shout out to Responsibid. They've been sponsoring the show. You guys know it. And they are freaking awesome. And Mike and I were just talking before we went live. And I'm like, Mike, I don't even know what I'm going to say about it. So we were chatting for a second. <clears throat> and Mike asked me, um, what was the question you asked me, Mike, real quick? You asked me, like, do you really? You do actually like the product, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what Mike <laughs> asked me. Because he, he was telling me, he's like, I think I'm going to sign up for this thing. He's like, you really like it? And I'm like, dude. So we just started talking. So I pulled out my business PayPal account. So I'm going to hold it up to the screen here. So if you're reading that, it says $1,180.55. Now, that's not how much Responsibid has paid me uh, or, or, or has made me this month, but I don't require deposits if someone books with me. Not right now, I don't. Um, I do sometimes in the busy season. But if someone books online, I require it. That way I don't get someone just jacking with my schedule. They have to pay money in order to get on there. So if you're a, a mathematician, you could move that decimal point over. And that means that of work of jobs that I didn't work for, these are like Responsibid sent the quote to them, Responsibid did the follow up, all that cool stuff. I've had $11,805.50 hit my books this month because Responsibid's doing its thing. If you don't know how it works, I'm going to give you a quick couple of run-throughs. The first one is it, uh, it's a widget that you can put on your website. People can click on it. They can get an accurate quote. It's very robust. It's not simple to set up because it's so powerful, but they can go on your website and get a quote and it's accurate. And then if they like it, they can book right now. If they don't like it, it's going to follow up with them until they decide they want to book. If they decide they don't want to book, it's still going to follow up with them and make sure that they were happy with the customer that or the other company that they went with instead of you. And guess what? A lot of the times they're not, and they'll come back and spend money with you as well. The um, another couple other things, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. That's all I've talked about. The follow-up sequences and responsibility are legit. The user-friendliness of the, of the quote that comes to them digitally, the fact that they can select their packages, it builds these packages out. It's awesome. But here's the thing. I have a lot of people that say to me, Bobby, responsibility sounds awesome, but it's really expensive. It sounds awesome, but it's really expensive. And here's the thing. It's not cheap. Responsibility is not cheap at all. I think, I forget because I don't pay too close attention, but I think I pay like 170 bucks or something like that, $169 a month for Responsibility. Now, before you shut your ears off, let me say this. If I wanted to save money in my business and turn off Responsibility and save that $170, okay, I would have lost, and I'm holding it back up to the screen here, $11,805. Mike, what's 11805 minus 160? Can you do that math? Let's just say this. It's a lot, okay? <laughs> it's a lot. So for me to cancel Responsibid would cost me over $10,000 just this month, okay? So, Mike, do I really love Responsibid? Absolutely. I've always talked about it before it was a sponsor. I talk about it now because it's like, well, not only do I love it, but you know what? I make a little bit of money if you use it too. That's just the honest to God truth. But there's nothing wrong with that in this amazing capitalist, capitalistic world we live in. So here's the deal. I, I work to deal with Kurt over at Responsibid. And if you want to sign up for it, here's what you get. You get, you get a reduced rate like I'm paying monthly down to 169 bucks. You get, I forget what the discount is on the setup fee because there is a setup fee because it's, it's very complex. So they'll spend five hours with you. Uh, you know, like on webinars and stuff like that, getting you set up like one-on-one -on -one time. 
Um, so I think you save 200, I think, on the setup. Don't hold me to that. And then you also get a free month of service if you use the, the link jnebid.com. So that's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, bid, like responsa, bid.com. jnebid.com. It is literally the only place you can get that uh, special. It's the only place you can get the deal that I just laid out for you. Only for Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners. Kurt Kempton worked that deal out with me. Kurt, thank you for that. If you guys want responsive bid, you need to thank Kurt for that because he gave it to you. And, um, and that is that. So, Mike, welcome to the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. How the hell are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be on here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. So like I said at the beginning, you and I, we, um, we connected, uh, let's, call it, let's call it four months ago. I don't know if it was that long ago, was yeah. it, but it, I don't know, it was earlier in the year. And um, gosh, I don't, even, I don't remember exactly how that happened, but we started talking and you and I started businesses around the same time, right? Like yep. if I remember right. Yeah. So you're basically finishing year three or where, where are you at in your, your yeah, journey? Here? This is our... It's like two and a half years. Yep. This is our second full season. Awesome. Okay. And frankly, you've been kicking some major ass and I don't remember, um, um, I don't remember exactly where you're at, but I know this much when you were talking to me, I got really angry and jealous and cause I'm like, I don't like losing to people and, and you're kind of beating me in this whole <laughs> business thing, but, but we'll get into that in a minute. So do, do this, take, take a moment, a minute or two, Tell the listeners where you're from, uh, you know, tell them kind of who you are, you know, married, kids, do you like the long walks on the beach, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, give, us, give us the mic story. Yeah, so I'm 29 years old. I started my business a couple years ago. Um, I have three kids, uh, all under the age of three. So we actually just, Holy had, a cow. Baby, just had a baby two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> less than. She was born on the 10th. So uh, we have three kids under three, Ryan, who's going to be three in December, Hannah, who's uh, 17 months, I think, and then Jordan, another girl. So Wow. Well, congratulations yeah. on the new one, but holy, I thought we were crazy. We had three under like five, and I yeah. thought we were intense. So yeah, yeah prop, yep. props to you. So <laughs> for all these people that say they can't build a business because they got kids and distractions and all that, you can do it, man. It's a lot of yep. work. You can do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, carry on, carry on. Yeah, so um, I, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio originally. I went to Penn State for school and I graduated from there. And then I worked in corporate America for about three years. I worked for Dick Sporting Goods in Pittsburgh um, and I was a corporate buyer there. And um, I moved my way up and I worked for uh, Under Armour and then eventually Nike. And then um, they created a position for me there with Major League Baseball. So essentially I would buy all the inventory for all 700 Dick's Sporting Goods stores um, were Major League Baseball. And then uh, I was just sitting there one day and I'm like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? And I knew the answer was no, uh, but I didn't exactly know in what. So my wife and I were like, how cool would it be to move back to Happy Valley and start our own business? And so we moved back here. I got my real estate license and uh, I just started selling real estate and honestly, I hated it. Like it, it was worse than going to a nine to five job because we worked <laughs> a lot more, but it was a hundred percent commission. So it was like having your own business, but 
you also didn't have like as much freedom as having your own business. Yeah. So I did that for about six months and I just was like, this sucks. What am I doing? And yeah. a buddy of mine was like, you know, dude, you should just go out and start a window cleaning company. Like you can go out and get stuff from Home Depot and like make money right away. And my exact phrase to him was, I'm not that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to understand yeah. that like I, uh, I had a good corporate job. Like it was, and you know, working at Dick's Sporting Goods was high profile and you're around like, some big people and stuff. And, you know, working for Major League Baseball and Nike and you see some cool stuff. And it's just not mm -hmm. exactly cool to go home and tell your parents that you're going to be squeegeeing stuff off of glass. A window licker. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Like, that's just the way I am. I don't care about that stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, yeah, well, if I get to that point, I'll do it. Well, then I got that desperate. So it was December. I had $143 in my checking account and we were bringing my son home from the hospital. Like we were getting induced in like four or five days. And I was like, man, we have no money, like a hundred bucks. I mean, this is like insane. Hmm. So I went out and I, you and I shared the same story. We watched, you know, the Keith Kalfas videos and, you know, go to Home Depot, get your stuff. And I ordered some stuff on window cleaning resource and got like an Unger belt and all that. And I just went out in the middle of winter in Pennsylvania, 20 degree weather and started doing commercial window cleaning. Mm -hmm. So the first day I went out, I made like 40 bucks. The second day I made 80, then I made like 120. And then somebody let me do their uh, residential windows. And I made like, 300 bucks that day. And I was like, man, if I can make 300 bucks in one day cleaning windows in the middle of winter with snow on the ground, I can probably make a business out of this. Yep. Yep. That's where it all started. That's awesome. And then of course, now you fast forward and I think you said you have like a, a, a janitorial company as well. Right. And, uh, and soft washing and, you know, you've kind of expanded on everything from that point. Yep. So, and obviously we were looking for something we could do year round here. So uh, we started doing janitorial cleaning um, and we do, since we're in a college town, we do a lot of move out cleaning services because so many people are moving in and out of town. So mm -hmm. like August we do like tons and tons of apartment units and you know, I'm, I, I feel like I should just preface with all the people out there that are like, well, you know, yeah, you have big sales numbers, but you also do, you know, this other stuff. I only do window cleaning and, and house washing. It's like, well, a couple of things. There's nothing stopping you from going out and doing some of this other stuff I've done. Yeah. And you have no idea how challenging it is to run different, like essentially different businesses all at the same time and train mm -hmm. your employees and all that. So we have to have really good systems in our business, really good, like standard operating procedures um, excellent employees, all that stuff. We got to manage our cash because commercial customers, I mean, it's net 45, sometimes net 60. And when you're taking on those big jobs, you got to really plan where your money's coming in. So. Yeah. Now, well, so let's just jump right into it. You're, uh, you're going to finish, finish your three, right? Yep. Or you finish yep. your three. What do you think you're going to finish this year revenue wise? Yep finished close to 600 nice um we had our in august we did 150,000, which was amazing yeah wow. um, the cool thing about it was uh we did we did it at like a 43 percent profit margin net profit margin that's Holy after crap. everything's been paid because what you have to understand is like uh you have your baseline like, let's say you need to make twenty thousand dollars a month to break even and mm -hmm. then you make thirty thousand so you, like 
after that, everything's been paid for. So you mm -hmm. make a higher net margin off of that 10,000 that you made. So like once we hit like the 30,000 mark, only thing we're paying for after that is labor and chemicals. Yeah. So I mean like the margins were huge and that's really like what propels us into like bigger seasons going forward. See, I'm kind of at, I'm, I'm around that 40 K mark for, in my business it, roughly. I mean, it's not exactly 40 K, but for me, it's like if I'm under 40, I'm, uh, I'm not making a lot of money right now. Yeah. You know? And, uh, which we've now been hitting months bigger than that. And, which is really awesome. Cause I'm like, Holy crap, there's a little bit of money in that account, even after payroll. It's awesome. But, uh, but you know, we've, my, my problem I've had was, uh, you know, I needed, uh, I don't even have that big of a salary. I don't think but I pay myself $50,000, Yeah, but that's a lot for a business my size, you know, yeah. if 50,000 is 10% of a $500,000 company. That's yeah. about, well, that's, that's quite a bit, you know, 10% is quite a bit for one guy, you know, making that plus I have an admin and all the other crap. So, uh, yeah. but that's, that's exciting. I can't wait to hit those, those big, uh, big numbers like you're talking about. So that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's, uh, we did 113,000 of that in like under two weeks, which is also crazy. So, mm -hmm. um, like if wow. people, yeah, they don't understand. Like, I mean, we literally cleaned 600 apartment units in, <laughs> I think it was like 16 days. So we had like 90 people on our team. And then we how, many, how many of your employees died during those two weeks? <laughs> yeah, so we, do, we do a blackout period where like our, our core guys can't, request time off mm -hmm. but i mean like this time of the year like they're going to take a week off for thanksgiving and all that stuff so we try to like make it up on the back end yeah so, that's cool that's cool it's not too bad i mean we get we get some really good temporary workers and we have a good network for that so so i'm gonna ask you a dangerous question because i know your oldest kid's about three yep how long you been married uh five years okay well yeah, yeah. i mean so yeah you ask that question I'm like oh, i've been married a year and it's like oh so you've been living in sin for two years yeah, i see so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my wife, we met in high school and um she's the only girl i've ever dated actually the only girl i've ever kissed so no kidding wow yeah, got really lucky like lucky started, woman yeah that's right <laughs> 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 we started dating my sophomore year of high school i was a football player and she was a cheerleader and the rest is history so, yeah it's funny i so I started dating my wife my junior year in high school, and I was the football player, but she was in choir. Now, we were at different schools, so I was willing to date her because I wasn't going to be caught dead dating a, a choir nerd. You know, I, she's giving me a dirty look right now. <laughs> but, uh, but that's cool. I married my high school sweetheart, too. We'll be, we'll be celebrating 22 years, uh, you know, so for those listening in the future, so it's August 23rd, or October 23rd right now, we'll be celebrating 22 years november 1st in, in 2019 so sweet man yeah yeah cool stuff but um you know it's funny she's looking at me so i need to tell you a little bit about her um you know everyone that meets my wife they think she's ultra nice and sweet because yeah hey you gave me a dirty look i have to share this story i don't i don't want to hear it you just stay over there this is my time podcast time so everyone that meets my wife they're like uh Oh my God, she's so sweet, Bob. How did you, how did she get stuck with you? You know, because I'm like the smart ass, you know, sarcastic guy, but here's the truth. She, she looks very sweet and matronly today, but back in high school, do you want to share this? Or you want me to share it, babe? Back, back in high school, her nickname was easy rider. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's Phyllis's name on the office. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Someone got it. Yeah. So that's all right. So for those of you listening that don't listen to the office, 
the TV show The Office uh, that's no longer, you know, uh, is over. But uh, Michael tells that story about Phyllis in The Office. So I think it's so funny. So every time we meet new people, now my entire podcast uh, uh, listeners, uh, when we meet, meet new people and we go to dinner, that's one of my go-to jokes. So, like, I've got three of them. You want to hear the other two? Sure. I just got one of them a week ago, as a matter of fact. So that's one of them. The other one is I'll always, uh, you know, we'll start talking. And, and a lot of the times, I, I'm, most of the time I'm wearing a tank top. I haven't been lately because I'm a real hairy dude and I haven't shaved, you know. And it's just like I'm, I'm like 1980s hairy, you know what I mean? Like, real, like it's not cool, you know, it's not cool here. So, so anyway, when I'm, when I'm staying manscaped, I'll wear my tank tops all the time. And I got a lot of tattoos that you can see when I have a tank top and people will be like, Oh, you know, how many tattoos you got? No, I got this many. And I'll wait, but you know, and I'll tell them funny story. I didn't get my first one until a few years ago. And now I've got like 12 or I don't know how many I have something like that. And I'll say, but the coolest one, my, my favorite one is I actually have a portrait of my mother-in-law and they'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I got a portrait of her right here on my chest and you can kind of see a part of it. So it's always this tattoo that you can see through my tank top. And then I'll pull the tank top aside and you can see the Grim Reaper's face right here. And uh, <laughs> so, so that's joke number two, which I used to get slapped on that one. I don't, do you think that's funny, babe? She still doesn't think it's funny, she says, but I don't get slapped anymore when I tell that one. And I got to tell you one more. I'm sorry. I know we're on here to hear your story, but so I just got a new tattoo right here on my fist. So I'm holding it up to the screen for those watching. My wedding ring would just always broke. And I'm like a dude that loves wearing his wedding ring. I, you know, I love showing off that I'm married and everything. But I didn't enjoy wearing the ring just because I'm a fidgeter and it always bugged me anyway. And then it broke. So I got this tattoo. And if you can re read that on the screen, it says four, the number four, then E, then the ampersand or and, and then E, and then B, as in Bravo. And um, it stands for forever and ever, babe. And it's just this old, you know, just a generic phrase. We always tell each other forever and ever, babe. Yep. But now with the journey of a new entrepreneur being the no bitch zone, I had the opportunity last night when I was at, we were at dinner with a friend and we're telling them all the, my, my jokes. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it stands for a forever and ever bitch. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, I don't, yeah, very nice thing to say to your wife. Well, you, you know, <laughs> it, it's a, it's, it's a joke, but I don't I know. know why I've been married for 22 years after all this stuff, but, um, I'm enjoying it thoroughly, and I think she's I think she's doing okay too. So yeah, we're jealous of all the the Disney Springs dates, man. My wife's like, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Mike, we're we're gonna talk to you, but but, but this is just two dudes talking, right? Can yeah. I can I share another cool thing with you? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so it's just Disney Springs date night. So we just had one. So today's Wednesday, right? Is today Wednesday? Uh, so uh, it was one, two, three, three days ago. It was Sunday night, I think. And we're sitting there at Disney Springs. Now, Melissa and I, we're two like small town kids from, uh, I'm from Oolaga, Oklahoma. That's spelled O-O-L-O-G-A-H. Yeah. Which was a part of the Oolaga Talala school system, T-A-L-A-L-A, -L -A -L -A, little, little Indian, you know, Native American towns. I was born in Nowata, Oklahoma, N-O-W-A-T-A. <laughs> We lived in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. You know, so like we're just a couple of small town Oklahoma kids. Yeah. And we had the opportunity because someone gave us some money to to honeymoon at Disney World when we got married. And we just like we were just 
two young small town kids and our eyes were just so big. And we were like, oh my God, this is heaven. This is the most amazing thing. So for 15 years, we just always daydreamed about like being here. We always talked about Disney and just always, always wanted to come. And we came a few times and just always daydreamed about it. Wouldn't it be nice just to be eating at this place at Disney? Wouldn't it be nice to be on this ride? Wouldn't it be nice to be sitting at this park bench? So we're at um, Disney Springs three nights ago and we're sitting at one of the places where we were like, we would always daydream. Wouldn't it be cool just to sit there and listen to live music and eat a pizza and, and we were doing it. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I'm like, Melissa, we've, we've won. And she, she, she knew what I was saying. She just kind of nodded her head like, yep. And I'm like, we're doing tonight just on a Sunday night on a whim. What we used to just dream about all the time. There's, you know, live music, you know, guitarists over here playing. We're having a good time listening to him. We're enjoying great weather, even though it's crappy in a lot of the parts of the country. We've both quit our jobs, yeah. building our own businesses. It's like, it's just awesome. So despite all my faults, she still has a pretty good life. And we're, we're loving life and going through this. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's enough about me. This is not the Bobby Walker show. This is the journey of a new entrepreneur. So Mike, you, uh, you got desperate enough to do the window thing. I I remember when you said your friend, uh, something that stood out when you were telling the story, what made your friend suggest a window cleaning company? Like, was that just off the wall out of left field or what, what happened with that? So he's, he's actually a business owner as well. Um, he does, uh, I would say probably over 10 million in his business. So he's a pretty successful guy. Um, oh. he, he does has a manufacturing company. And so he was just kind of looking from the standpoint of like, there's a need in this area. Um, you know, he has a really nice house and he's like, I just wouldn't hire anyone in this area to come and clean my windows. And I was like, all right, get three quotes. And I want to see what the competition's like. So he went out and he had three guys come to his house. And he's like, one guy, I wouldn't even, I, like, I wouldn't even let the guy come within 100 yards of my house. I mean, just like, <laughs> whatever. The other guy came, big beer belly. He had to put, like, a, a piece of cardboard underneath his truck because it was leaking oil and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then the other guy came out. He's from, like, a nationally franchised company. And he's like, that guy is the only guy that I would probably hire just because I know that they're like licensed insured and all that. But he's like, he was just so arrogant. He was like, look, you want to do this or not? And he's like, Hmm. Whoa. And he's like, you know, I want to be here if you guys do it. And he's like, listen, we do this all the time. Like you will be in your house. It's no big deal. We have insurance. You know, he's just like very (laughs) brash about it. He's like, dude, you start going around, you'll get work. Like no problem. And he was right. Um, I mean, part of like a lot of stuff that you talk about, you know, in hiring and all of that, it's like people want to look for skills that like are important, but at the same time, the most important thing is like, can you interact with the customer? Like, do you have customer service skills? Like, do you have um, like the soft skills is what I call them. Like, do you have good manners? Like all this stuff. And that's just stuff that's always been a part of who I am. And that's our company is actually called Clean by Nature because of that reason like we i i want to hire people that that stuff is already in their nature like they hold the door for people they're respectful in people's homes all that i can teach you how to do everything else yep that's kind of like the brand that we've built is like we are going to send people to your home that you can trust right out the gate like we're going to do background checks on them we're going to make sure that 
like all of her bases are covered. Like they're going to smile when they're at your house. And all. so I think that's, it was like, I had to walk that out in the early stages, just myself. Mm-hmm. So. Good stuff. Yep. Now, when you started, uh, here we are just diving into business, but that's okay. That's yep. what it is. When you started, uh, were you guys doing window cleaning only or did you have other services you offered? Yeah. So window cleaning only, I started with a Kia Forte, um, just with like a collapsible ladder in the back. And I would like pull up to the job and people would be like, do you have a ladder with you? I'm like, Oh yeah, I got a ladder. Don't worry. And then uh, I ended up uh, working out of like a Dodge caravan, just like fold the seats down. I knew we were going to be having a kid. And so I was like, I'll just get that. Um, so I mean, yeah, we just did window cleaning and I did it pretty much by myself. So and then once we got to like the busy season here, which is like June, July, and August, I mean, dude, just straight up, like we went to Home Depot and got a couple of pressure washers and we're like, yeah, we offer pressure washing now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did that for the first year. It was, it was me and two other guys that were pretty much full time. And then we had like another helper guy if we got really busy. He was like my college roommate and he was like, yeah, dude, if you need me to do anything, let me know. And we just like stretched, stretched that out to the max. Like we just booked ourselves as much as possible. And uh, we did that until we finished the season and we made then like the seven months we were in business or something like that. We made like 90 K something like that. Nice. And um, I took home, I think 18,000 of that uh, the first year, my wife was still working. And so that was fine. Then year two, um, we really went big into um, the pressure washing and window cleaning. Um, and then we, we landed like some commercial cleaning contracts. And so we did like 350 year two, and then this is where we stand year three. Nice. Good yep. stuff. So is it what you dreamed it would be at this point? Are you loving the journey? Is it, does it suck? Is it somewhere in between? Yeah. So dude, what's really interesting about where I'm at right now is that I, I'm at a point where I've hired a general manager. Um, I have an office manager. So I'm, I'm working probably 10 to 15 hours a week right now. And the work that I do is just because like, I kind of want to do it. Like mm-hmm. on Friday, I was like, man, I really just want to get out of the house. So I'm just going to go to a job site with my GM and just say hi to the guys. I kind of just miss them, you know? Yeah. So um, essentially I've kind of like exited my business because I'm not really working in it much. Um, but I'm also in the process of starting uh, a second company that only does window cleaning and soft washing, and that's going to be in South Carolina. So I'm actually moving in less than two weeks down to South Carolina. Oh, you're moving. I, I knew you were doing this, but I didn't know you were actually relocating. I'm moving. So um, it's interesting. Like I, I really want to be able to prove to people out there and myself that I can do this again, and it wasn't just a fluke. And yeah. Uh, I also want to prove that I can run a comp, like I can have a company that makes money without me physically being there because mm-hmm. that's really what's going to be able to um, like make our company valuable in terms of like the, the sale price. I mean, obviously I don't plan on selling it, but that's what's going to make our business better. So. Yeah. Good stuff. You yeah. know, I, I did a very similar thing, uh, but I failed and, and what I did, so I was kind of on top of the world within, within the company I worked for in this corporate world. Um, I was running the branch, you know, it was just awesome. And we won all the awards and all the trophies and all the stuff, you know, and an opportunity came up to, um, 
but, but well, backing up, I didn't build it though. I, I kind of inherited it. So, yeah. you know, it got built and then I got put at the helm. And I was doing a good job keeping it going, you know, and, and we were doing good stuff and it was kind of boring to be honest. I was like, there's my sales manager's doing his stuff. My ops manager's doing his stuff. My, all my office people are doing theirs. Sales team's awesome. And I'm sitting there tapping my fingers on the desk, you know, and, um, so a call out of the blue came up from my boss saying, uh, literally I get a call on a Friday around one o'clock in the afternoon. And my boss, who's the COO says, Hey, I'm down here in Fort Lauderdale. We just cleaned house. You know, he just fired all the management down there. He goes, I need someone to run it. And you got two guys that work for you that, uh, I think could do it. Do you think they'd want to? And I had never in a million years dreamed of moving to Fort Lauderdale. Never. Yeah. Frankly, I didn't know much about it. I had to Google it after I had this conversation with him. Yeah. And I said, they wouldn't, but I would. And he goes, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I would. He goes, I got to know by Monday. And I'm like, all right. So I start texting my wife pictures of Fort Lauderdale that I just Googled. I'm like, wow, this place looks amazing. She gets home about an hour later. An hour later, we go to this little pub. We're talking about it. And I'm like, hey, babe, let's just do it. It'll give me a chance to prove myself, you know, kind of what you're talking. So, cause I didn't build this, so I can go down there and build that. We're moving to Florida. That'll be fun. We can always come back. if We don't want to. And, yep. um, the different, the problem is though, is I got down there and I didn't do a good job. That's, <laughs> that's the problem I had, but it was still the right move for me because it kind of helped open my eyes to, to my uh, limitations and weaknesses and stuff like that. But I don't say that to say you're going to fail. I would yeah. just, it's just, I did what you're doing. I just failed. I don't think you're going to fail, but uh, I, you've already built something. I, I kind of proved that I needed some, some experience to be able to build something good. So, but so, uh, so you, when are you moving down here? Two months, you said? No, I'm moving down. Uh, we're leaving November 1st. So. Oh, holy. I don't listen good at all. So you're miss in a week, yeah, about a week in a day. Yeah. Huh? We started packing our stuff. We're already booking jobs, man. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So people don't actually know that I'm not physically down there at this point. Uh, yeah. It's like, hey, I'm visiting family in Pennsylvania because we just had a baby. <laughs> uh, would love to clean your roof. I can give you a price, you know, over the phone. And uh, yeah, just started booking jobs and we're going for it, man. That's awesome. So, so how are you doing this? So uh, do, are you going to like be doing it out of your house for a period of time? Do you have an office? What's going on with that? We're going to do it out of our house and then, uh, the one advantage that I do have is one of my best guys from here is actually making the move with me. Mm. So he's going to go down and we put him up in an apartment and all that because, uh, I mean, people just really are your biggest asset. It's mm -hmm. like a cliche thing to say, but they are. And so yep. I basically said, I do not want turnover problems for the first six months that we do this. So mm -hmm. um, he really wasn't willing to do like a full year commitment, even though he might actually stay the full year, like he signed a year lease. But he's like, I will definitely, without a doubt, give you six months. Hmm. That way I can be back up here for the summer if I want to be. But if I want to and we're doing well, then I'll stay down here. Nice. So um, I'm at an advantage from that standpoint. I mean, we're going to start looking to hire new people. But I at least know like me and him can go out and do what we need to do to keep it afloat. So, nice. yeah. so, you're, so you got him as a technician, I'm assuming, yep. right? And yep. then you're, you're going to wear all the other hats for a period of time. Uh, yep. So you build that up? And we're going to work together. I mean, he really wants to have his own business at some point. Mm -hmm. um, he's really into like the buying and selling of goods online, like flipping and all that. 
um, which I'm not like a huge fan. I'm not against it. Um, I just not like my realm, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I really want, he's, he's 22 and like, he's like a little brother to me. And I really want to show him like the hustle and the grind. Cause he came in when I was like about a year into my business. He didn't see that initial phase where it's like, you got to go out and make it happen, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yep. You talk about it a lot on this podcast, but like the people that actually listen to this and understand what it takes to get something moving, it's like unreal, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's hard. And, you know, well, I'll just rehash it some more, but uh, t- tell me if yours was similar. But for me, I remember, you know, I, I drove to Home Depot that one day. I actually. I'm always a little embarrassed when I say this because I'm like, I went to Home Depot and I printed out some business cards, but I actually waited till the next day before I started selling. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I guess I was I had a little bit of bitch in me still. But, um, but so I drove to Home Depot, buy the stuff. I made up some cheap business cards, you know, that I could print at home. And then the following morning, I started selling and I was just getting out of the house, sometimes as late as 9 a.m., but usually getting out around 8. And if I didn't have stuff to clean, I was staying out at least until five. And that entire time, it was just, when I say knocking on doors a lot there at the very beginning, I was going into businesses, excuse me, I was going into businesses, but it was just, you know, it was eight, nine hours, sometimes 10 hours of just cold calling, you know, just walking in, walking in, rejection, 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 rejection. And, um, it's, it's really not fun or easy to be honest. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, of course. I mean, it sucks. One thing that I found that is um, is good to do with that is you got to maximize like the amount of time, especially like if you're going out putting out flyers and networking, you got to have some type of like uh, more than just like, hey, I'll come and clean your windows type pitch because everyone's so trained and positioned to say no all the time. Like you're not the first person to walk in and try and sell some type of service or product to a business, um, even in a neighborhood. So like what we used to do was I would go out on Saturdays, like a new people would be out and I would put flyers out and I would say like, Hey, I was in your neighborhood and I'm offering a group discount for your neighborhood. If I can get 10 people in your neighborhood to sign up the first person that puts it out on the Facebook page, I'll give 20% off to. And so, um, I would go out and put like a handful of flyers. Hold on, Let's back up. Let's, let's make this easy. So people don't have to rewind. Say that again. For the guys that are out there hustling, that is a great idea. So what was it that you were doing? So what I would do is I would go out and um, knock on people's doors, or if they were outside, I would talk to them, and I would say, I was in your neighborhood, and I'm offering a group discount if I can get 10 people to sign up, and the first person that puts it out there on Facebook or in your group HOA thing, I will give you 20% off. And honestly, dude, you could make it it 50% off. You can make it whatever you want. Like, it's one Mm -hmm. job, you know? (laughs) You get in that neighborhood, you will get so many jobs. Like, there's a... Uh, 55 and over community here that has 300 homes in it and my first year we like almost never got out of that community and so it's like your your route optimization like our workers were like oh we're going to liberty hill again it's like yep (laughs) (laughs) so um you got to really like figure out how to maximize your efforts so Mm -hmm. that's that's a great idea listen listeners if you're one of those guys that's starting out you're grinding it and I know most of you are. I did a little survey on the YouTube channel the other day, and I think it was over 90% are owner-operators. Uh, that is a phenomenal idea that doesn't cost a penny. All it costs is time. So yeah. if you're not implementing that, if you're not getting traction and you don't implement that, 
it's your fault. So, dude, the thing that I'm really, really passionate about that I get so frustrated with podcasts like this is you get like nothing against you. It's just in general, it's like, <laughs> yeah, screw yeah. you too, buddy. <laughs> it's just like information overload. You hear yeah. John Latimer talk about that. It's like analysis paralysis. Yep. And here's what you have to do. Like, at the end of the day, you got to break it down and say, what am I trying to accomplish? You can like leave all the emotional stuff and that like literally all you're trying to do is go out, get work, complete the work, have the customer be happy and get paid. Like however you do that is up for interpretation, right? So like if you're going out and doing this tactic or that tactic, that's where we get really caught up. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I'm big on is like figuring out what stage in the game you actually are. So like, there, you know, Josh Latimer, these other guys, they talk about the same thing. So I'm just repeating it, but it's like, there's really five levels of business that you could be in. So if you're the technician and you're just starting out by yourself, you, what, what does it matter what like I'm doing in my business? Cause I, I make a lot more money than you. Yeah. So like I have a bigger ad budget, like I can spend 500 bucks on something and be like, Oh, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So mm-hmm. like, you're playing in like the peewee leagues. I don't like want to disparage, but like you're going to run a different offense if you're playing peewee football than if you were playing college football. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So like you got to figure out and tailor your marketing strategy, your hiring strategy, all that stuff to like where you're at. That's a great analogy actually. And of course I've got to put my two cents on it, but, but you're, you're absolutely right. And I don't know if this is what you mean. So if you disagree, I still think I'm right here. But, you know, a lot of people, I was actually thinking about this myself today because I remember shortly after I got in, uh, got into this business and I was getting a little bit of traction and I would see, it's one of the reasons I have this podcast because I have a passion for wanting to help like the new guys like me, you know, I want to be able to do that. And you'll see a lot of these seasoned people that are having success or they're people that are really jerk off losers, but they want to act like they're having success. And I think there's a mixture of both. Some of them really are successful and some of them are just jerk offs online. And they always want to belittle the little guy. They always want to belittle that new guy and be like, you know, you, you need to know your, your self-worth. You need to know this. You need to, you know, you need to do these things, charge this, do that. You're, you're, and I'm thinking when you were talking about peewee versus college, it's like, sure. The, the most basic playbook in Pop Warner would, would just get eaten up by the absolute worst college or professional football team. But it works in Pop Warner. It works yeah. at that level. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, if I had to do it all over again, because someone, like, posted uh, online today, you know, has anyone done thumbtack? And I'm like, I did it. And they, they said, what are your thoughts? I said, I did it, and I'd do it again if I had to start over. I don't do it today because it's a little bit of a struggle and it's people that are a little more price sensitive and things like that. But when I was using that pop Warner, uh, in a very non derogatory way, that pop Warner, uh, play playbook, I, I had the ability to undercut people and still put food on the table for mama that night and yeah. still be able to pay the bills and figure my way out and fail my way forward to being able to start demanding, you know, higher prices. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, or exactly. And like, we care too much about what people think about us. Like mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, well, Bobby's out there doing response a bit and he's got, you know, all this stuff, which I think you should still sign up for that stuff. I think the ROI is definitely there. Mm-hmm. It's just like, 
you look at some of these businesses and you're like, man, like these guys got like 10 trucks and like they've got boom lifts. And they're doing like big commercial buildings. It's like, stop paying attention to what they're doing. Like you don't even want that job right now because you couldn't handle it. You have yeah. one or two guys on your team. Like continue to focus on like where you're at, get to the next level and then build another strategy around that. Yep. I think like in our industry, um, people need to like take a step back and actually plan their business and think about what they're doing, but then also like go out and execute as well. Like there's definitely mm -hmm. a balance there. And I find that a lot of people are either more of one, like they overthink things or they're just like, I'm going to go out and just do, you know, whatever, you know, if they're not focused. They don't have like a plan they don't have mm -hmm. metrics, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the next step for you? So let's say, now, well, let me finish my thought and then I'll hit you with the second one. Um, what's the next step with this business that you're doing down here in, um, is it South Carolina, correct? Yeah, it's uh, near Hilton Head. It's uh, Bluffton, South Carolina. Dude, I was just talking to someone um, last night. I was just talking to someone last night that uh, I, I went to the Softwash Systems get together to meet actually one of my listeners, uh, Seamus. And, uh, and there's a guy from Hilton Head there, but um, but anyway, um, what's your what's your plan after after this one? And then also, are you can are you worried? Maybe you should answer this first. Are you worried about moving down here going into winter? Is that um, was that strategic for you? Because um, definitely, no matter how good you do, it wouldn't be as good as if you were doing it like in the spring or something like that. So, what are your thoughts there? Yep. So um, the reason that we're going down south is so that we can work all year round. Like obviously we understand that there's going to be seasonality in the business, but we can still do window cleaning and house washing all year round. Like we looked at the temperature forecast. Um, obviously it gets a little cold. Um, I mean, your question, like, are you worried? Uh, no, I don't worry. But at the same time, um, I do think about things and like how to make sure that it is successful. So obviously mm -hmm. Your due diligence, but at the same time, like, I mean, I've cleaned windows in twenty degree weather. So, yeah, yeah well, and window cleaning is there in the winter. Uh, yeah, the the soft washing. I would imagine you're probably going to have one at least really almost dead month at least. You know, probably uh, going through the winter on the soft washing side of things. But window cleaning, you can absolutely do all the way through. So. Yeah, and I mean, we're only like. I want to say less than two hours from Jacksonville. So, I mean, we're all the way. At the oh, okay. Like it's um, like a football throw from uh, Savannah, Georgia. So okay. I mean, it's pretty warm down there. All right. um, but I do, I do understand. And I'm not naive to that. And even if you, and, and I'm not suggesting that you are just for the record, I was just kind of asking the, the strategy, you know, like it, what your, what your thoughts were there. So, but yeah. And I mean, we also have to understand that like there's certain things you can't help. Like, people shut down for Christmas and that's okay. Like you're not going to be able to go out and really kill it the week of Christmas, yeah. um, no matter what market you're in. So like we've budgeted for that. We're going to shut down for a week for Thanksgiving. We're going to take off two weeks between Christmas and new year's. Um, so it's not going to be all hustle. Like I'll probably still go out and do some things. I'll put some flyers out and get the momentum rolling and all yeah. that. But um, the plan for this new business is, to have 10 locations in the southeast of this new brand. It's called So Clean Softwash. And it is, we're going to have 10 locations in the southeast by 2023. So I got three years. Wow. Yep. And um, a lot of people have been asking me a lot of detailed questions about it. I don't have a ton of detail on it. 
Um, so I mean, it's either going to be an owner operator model or a franchise model. And so like our big, like, um, attention grabber is like, we're going to try and convince people that like, you should come and work for us and hustle really hard over this next couple of years because there's a potential that you could open your own location. Nice. And I mean, um, it's kind of nice like when you have some wins under your belt and you can like go in with that little bit of a testimony, like, Hey, like this isn't, you know, our first rodeo, even though like we haven't reached our final destination. I don't want to sound arrogant or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it is nice when you have some experience in what you're doing. Yeah. So. That's cool. So Ken in the Southeast. So you're telling me that, uh, you might be coming down here to mix Dude, it up with me down. a little bit. I'm going to come down and put you out of business. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, I don't really have that much of a desire to go into Florida. Uh, like, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to a lot, a lot of it's going to depend on like the, uh, potential owners, like where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, Florida's a good area. You know, it's funny, Ray Burke, I don't know if you know him, but he said when he moved to Florida, you know, years and years ago, he said, as soon as you cross the state line, they ask you, do you want a pressure washer or a real estate license? Because that's basically what everyone down here does. It's one of those two things. Yeah, that's part of the reason I don't want to be down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a mixed bag. You know, you can, the the competition definitely sucks. I had a guy today, I uh, went into his house and gave him a quote and he's got a nice house i mean it's not like the biggest one ever it actually wasn't a huge home but this is a probably 1.2 million dollar house on the water and winter park and you know just it's nice and i go back in and i tell him his window price was 804 bucks and he goes the only word he said to me after that was 804 dollars so i said 804 bucks and i couldn't get through my next sentence and he goes 804 dollars I go, yep. He goes, eight hundred and four dollars. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. And he says it again, eight hundred and four dollars. So I held up the piece of paper and I circled it and went and said, yep. <laughs> he said it like two more times, and I just looked at him. He just looked at me. I just turned around and walked out of his house. But point being is. Uh, I didn't think our, that's our standard pricing, but there's someone out there that'd probably do it for 200 because of the market, you know, that we're in, but yeah, you know, maybe, maybe he was paying 1600 before and you just gave him a great deal. <laughs> and I walked away, <laughs> <That's funny>. on, <laughs> man. but no, I, I get your point, but you know, I think there's always like the, there's kind of a give and take to everything, you know, it's like, so if you're in my market, you could say, um, well, it's not good because of all the competition. Yeah. But then I could say, well, I could go to Pennsylvania and say, well, it's great because there's no competition, but there's always that flip side. It's like maybe all the competition is here because the market's so strong for it. And maybe it's, there's not so much competition somewhere else because it's not so strong. And I, I think at the end of the day, and I think you're here too. I'm just kind of, I'm just, that's a podcast. We talk, you know, but I think at the end of the day is, uh, and that comes back to like the don't be a bitch thing is wherever you're at, you've got to you've got to find the path to victory, you know, and, and maybe your path isn't being a pressure washer. Maybe your path's not being a window cleaner. You know, Uh, I've had people say to me before, well, you live in a a big area. And I'm like, I'm from, I'm from Oolaga, Oklahoma, bro. We had one stoplight and it was for decoration on our two, two block long. If you don't like where you live, move. Well, Bob, I don't want to live. My family's here. Well, then you're choosing 
what you want. I don't want you. Don't bitch about it. I moved here. You know, so I don't know. It, it's, that pops a serious nerve in me, dude. Because I had one of my really good friends be like, you know, I could start a business and do everything you're doing and be really successful with it. But I just really don't want to deal with all like the stress and headaches of it. I have a really good job. And I'm like, okay, well then by definition, you couldn't because like, <laughs> that is, I mean, that's like me saying like, yeah, I could have played in the NFL, but like, I just really don't want to do the workouts or the lifting. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Like, that's well, exactly what it is yeah. so everyone needs to stop freaking worrying about everyone else seriously like stop i mean understand your competition understand you know your market obviously but like come on i mean there's forty five thousand permanent residents where i live i mean it's like not a, not a city at all and around it combined for like a hundred mile radius don't hold me to these numbers but mm-hmm. i mean it's literally like a quarter of a million people within like a hundred miles of where we live yeah like it's, I mean, central Pennsylvania, they call it pencil tucky for a reason. So um, now, I want to ask you a couple more, well, at least a couple more questions about th- these 10 branches. But before I do, yeah. are you anywhere? Did you, do you, cause you haven't moved yet, live anywhere close to Scranton? No, it's uh, probably like three hours. Oh, okay. So again, being a huge fan of the office, uh, sure. which is where that show allegedly took place uh i actually went on a pilgrimage to scranton yeah, back in february yeah it was it was awesome so i, I say it was awesome scranton really sucked but it was yeah. awesome because it was like where the office was you know so. I from college was from scranton it got voted like the most depressing city in america or something. i believe that especially in february when there's no color and it's just kind of all i honestly when my memories of scranton is grayscale i'm like yeah. wow this is just kind of <laughs> it, it kills me that's why i'm moving like yeah you get to February after you've been through, I mean, if people are like complaining about how cold it is in the South, like um, about how like it gets cold in the winter, like it gets down to, oh my gosh, 45 degrees. It's like, dude, it looks like 30 this morning here. Like, I mean, <laughs> we've had frost at least five or six days, like out there, you got to mm-hmm. start your car up and like get your windshield ready. My so. Well, again, early October, my buddy Zeke, who does my AdWords, he's been on the show before. It was snowing at Montana, North Dakota. I forget where he lives somewhere up there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And basically it was basically September and it was snowing. So, but we're, yeah, we're shutting down house washing November 1st here. Cause after that, it's like, we can barely work. It's almost yeah. like tolerable. So. Well, so, so let's get back to your, your branches here. Now you had mentioned, you said owner operator or franchise. Now what, what's the difference there briefly? Like, are you saying like an owner operator and then it would be like a license model potentially? So it's not a franchise or are these things going to be all be franchises or what, what are you looking at doing with that? So I, I lean more toward the owner operator model and the easiest way that I can describe it is um, I hate the name drop, but it's just the best way you can do it. Chick-fil-A is an owner operator model. McDonald's is a franchise model. Okay. So um, McDonald's, you need like $700,000 of liquid cash to start a McDonald's. Like you need to have deep pockets. You need to, no business stuff. Mm-hmm. Chick fil A is kind of like you need 10 grand and you need hustle and sweat equity. Hmm. So, uh, McDonald's, you can, like in the franchise model, you can have as many McDonald's as you want. Like, there's people out there that have 15, 20 McDonald's in a territory. They don't actually work in those locations. Like, they just own the business. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Chick fil A, it's an owner operator. Like, the, the owner here in our state college brands, good friends with, he's like, in the store like if there's chicken that needs to be breaded like he's doing it like really he I didn't do that know that. All the time. like he's got you know really good people he's got like 75 employees and all that but it's a different type of mentality mm-hmm. and 
he also didn't have to put up all the money. But um, I like the owner operator model for this type of business. And kind of like my thing is, I you and I share the fact that like we both started with nothing and mm-hmm. like went out and hustled. And so we both have a heart for the little guy. And yeah. so um, I'm in a place now where I'm like, I really want to help those guys start their own business that don't know exactly how to start their own business. So my thing is like, I'm going to give you all the tools, the resources, and everything you need for a small amount of money um, enough to make it like worth investing in. But at the same time, like your, um, your chances of success are going to be way higher and you're going to be able to build a nice little business that works for you and that you don't have to go out and kill yourself over because you and I both experience the same thing. Like once you get to that $500,000 mark, it's like you make too much money to where it's like, um, it's like a lot of work, but it's also like, there's not a ton of money at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm making a great amount of money. So like 500 to a million is kind of like from my experience and like from what I've talked to other people in this type of industry is kind of like that sweet spot. So if you go from like a million one to a million two, like it doesn't change your life very much, Mm -hmm. but um, like we want to get people to like that 500 K like as quickly as possible. Cause then you actually have an office manager and you actually have a lead, you know, or an ops manager or whatever, and uh, make that kind of like our model. Cool. That's good. Yeah. So what's the, uh, I'll put you, put a little pressure on you here. Yeah. What's the time frame on the first one? And so now I'm not talking about this one you're doing yeah. in South Carolina, but what's, when's the first one going to happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I want to give a good year of myself just going out and doing it and building up this location. Um, like really what we're trying to do is um, create like our standard operating procedures, um, the infrastructure, like we're really trying to get uh, a good model underneath it. Like I'm not just going to sell you a course if you buy like a, uh, a franchise essentially, mm-hmm. like it's going to be robust. So that's nice. going to take time. Um, our office manager up here is going to kind of like do contract work for us down there in the slower season she's really good at that kind of stuff like she wrote us like this thick employee handbook and procedures and all that kind of stuff so i'm kind of thinking 18 months to two years before we do that first one mm-hmm. and the year three so like the last 12 months we're just going to open up locations like crazy nice nice yeah, basically one a month so so at the end of the show, we'll let you, well, hell, just do it right now. If, if someone's even interested in reaching out to you and asking you questions, how would they reach out to you? Yep. You can send me an email at uh, mike at sccoclean.com. So like South Carolina, so clean.com. SC so clean. Yep. Dot com. I got to write that down so I can put it in the notes. Yeah. All I, right. dude, I, I love helping people. So like, if you just want to, you know, touch base with me, I'd be happy to answer any cool. questions. Yeah, no, you've you've been you've been real cool to me. You and I have had a couple of calls and a lot of messages, and uh, I appreciate your your willingness to to help and and share and stuff. So that's good stuff. The uh, so you know, there's a question I ask almost every guest. Yep. But before we started recording, you said you actually had a question for me. So here's what I'm going to do. We'll rush through mine. Okay. I'm going to go real quick. It's a duck question. Yeah. You want to fight one horse-sized duck? Or do you want to fight a thousand duck-sized horses to the death? Just real quick, what what would you pick? One horse-sized duck, dude. Wow, my God! Yeah. I it's, thought more of you than this. Yeah, no, it's it's a no-brainer. A thousand of anything is ridiculous, dude. Okay, think about this. Somebody comes in and drops a thousand pennies on your desk, like that. Mm-hmm. 
that's a lot. Yeah. Like, really, it's only 10 bucks. <laughs> i don't know okay well listen for the sake of the i'm actually excited because you said that you had something for me so i wanted to get through that quick i completely disagree with you you're 100 wrong in your choice yeah but i so, respect your ability to make it so yeah i am the king of would you rathers so okay. when, I was, when i was in college we used to have on the fridge every single day a daily would you rather and my roommates had to answer it and then we would analyze it at the end of the night okay. and it got heated dude like we um <laughs> Uh, like myself and my roommates, we were all Christian and like, they would say stupid stuff. Like, you know, I would, if I had to do that, I would, I would do that. But then I would pray to God and ask him to heal me. And I was like, listen, <laughs> listen, God is outside of would you rather. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, not because, not because he doesn't want to, or not because he can't, because he doesn't want to, dude. Yeah. <laughs> stop trying, stop trying to like, one of my roommates would always do that. He'd try and find a way around it. So, all right. So, no, no God for would you rather? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Hit okay. me with this. Would you rather get bit by a poisonous snake once every five years for the rest of your life, or get stung by five bees a day for the rest of your life? Oh, damn. Okay, so let me let, let's clarify a few things. Um, obviously, I'm not going to die from the snake. Nope um you can have a medic crew there like right after you get bit now uh, like so what uh, i gotta ask some questions what happens to me when the snake bites me like how bad is it so basically just imagine like a little playpen area you like a six by six area and you just got to stand there and wait for the snakes to bite you dude all right and now and then the bees obviously i'm not allergic to them so i'm not going to die in this scenario yep okay Oh God! You get put in like one of those cash grabber boxes. Yeah. Just unleash five bees until they sting you. But but I'm not allowed to fight back. Like I have to get bit or I have to get stung. You have. You can wear goggles and you can wear a cup, dude. On either scenario. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this is an easy one. I, yeah. I'm gonna go with the snake. This is yeah. easy. Uh, yeah. Mike, I'm gonna be. I'm disappointed in you, man. That wasn't hard. One, oh, one on. every five months. Uh, give me a better one than that. Wait till your listeners chime in, dude. I don't know. We'll see, guys. So listen, if you guys are listening to this, you saw a link probably on Facebook or something. Let us know what you think. Yeah. You, you don't got a better one than that? No, that's all I got. I, and I have, I have some other ones, but uh, that's probably my best one. Okay. I, dude, the thing I think about is like the horror of realizing you're like. Dude, in six months, I'm gonna get bit by this snake. Like you're just, you're just thinking about it all the time. Like as soon as you get bit, you're like, okay, it's over. But then five years from now, be toast. <laughs> no, well, bees. Here's the thing: I got stung by a wasp. Um, I don't know, two years ago. I was out cleaning windows with Caleb, and and it was really stupid. I we're we're doing this commercial building for this woman that I let her talk me down on price, and we shouldn't have been doing it anyway, but we weren't busy, you know, so I needed the money and we're doing it and I'd run out of the wasp spray and, you know, it was right in the middle of wasp season down here, you know, and I'm like, I basically had one little, one big bay left to do in this little commercial building and there's one of those little wasp nest things up there and not like the mud ones, like the ones that are like the papery, you know, paper kind of wasp things. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, I can drive all the way to like the hardware store over here that has wasp spray, buy it, come back, spray them. It's Saturday. I want to get home. It's already in the afternoon, you know, or 
I'm looking at that thing and I had the empty can of wasp spray. Yeah. So it's like, you know, well, you know, how everyone knows how big it is. It's one of those big cans too. So I was like extra big around, you know, and I'm like, that nest isn't that big. I'm already right here by it. Like I'm up here. So I can just take that can, which is about twice as big around as that nest is. And there's like six wasps, you know, all sitting there on it. And I'm like, I can just smash them all at once. Yeah. And then I'm my window. That was a really, really bad idea. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. So I don't know if bees hurt as bad as wasps, but if they do, screw that. I'd never do that five yeah. times a day. <laughs> it hurts so bad. I got stung on the top of my head that I got stung on my, my leg. And God, that sucked. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So Mike, listen, you've had a lot of success. You, uh, you have a heart for the new guys just like I do. Yeah. I know there's nothing new under the sun, but share, share a couple of, and instead of tips, instead of strategies, yeah. you actually already shared a great strategy the, the, the neighborhood thing. And we do a group discount and the first person that puts it on the Facebook page. So that was a good strategy. Yeah. Give me one or two. Um, we'll, we'll call it philosophies or mentalities. Um, something like that, that, you attribute to a lot of your success yeah number one thing dude keep your head in a good spot be yeah. careful about who you let speak into your life and um, who you take advice from um, i know like it's been repeated 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 but despite what you think as a new business owner you are doing something that is totally against modern or normal society so yeah. um you will think that your friends and family are trying to cheer you on when in fact they're not in most cases and that yeah. sucks. So you have to find those people that can be excited for you, be your cheerleader. Um, if you need somebody to be that for you, reach out to me. Like I, I just talked to a guy today because I was going through that and I was like, can you be that for me for South Carolina? Cause like, honestly, a lot of our friends and family like aren't excited about what we're doing and it's like, it kind of sucks. Yeah. So um, I could take that and run with it. Um, or I can, I can change that. And I can also surround myself with good people that are excited. The second think, thing is, well, one is already awesome. So I love that. Can't yeah. wait for number two. The second thing is do not be scared to invest in your people, including yourself. So, um, an investment in yourself is always going to pay itself back, especially if you go out and use the information, but I think a lot of people are really easy to invest in like expensive equipment and tools and get like crazy about that. And it's like, you need to really invest in your people like on a daily basis and do things for them because that's, what's going to keep them working really hard. I actually have a really cool story and, um, I, do we have a second if I could share it? Sure. Yeah, man, go ahead. Yeah. I, um, I'm very private about this, but I'm going to throw it out there because it's an awesome story. So uh, I am really into watches. It's like mm -hmm. uh, been my thing for the past few years. And so what I did was I ordered, uh, it's a company called Watch Gang, and I would order three subscription of watches, like two entry level tiers and one like expensive tier, like three to $500 watches. Mm -hmm. And um, if I saw a cool one, I would take it. Uh, I would also just give those watches away to like our employees and stuff. And they just absolutely loved it. Like it was the coolest thing. 
And um, every new employee that came on board, like, I would give them a brand new watch, like regardless if they made it through like a probationary period. And like you hand somebody like a hundred dollar watch on their first day, they're kind of looking at you like, what did I do to deserve this? And I'll like look at back at them and be like, well, you're part of the team, right? Like everyone on our team has watches. So you're part of the team. And they're like, okay. And like, we would take them to lunch on their first day, make sure like their first week was really good. Like they do a two week training period where they're, they're sitting alongside like a training manager, like all of that kind of stuff. So I really wanted uh, a nice watch. And in particular, I wanted a Rolex watch. And uh, so what I did was I actually um, felt guilty about getting the watch. So I took the money that I was going to buy the watch with. I was going to do it last year, donated it to charity. And I also gave enough watches away to equal the price of a Rolex watch. And I just got it a couple months ago. Nice. That's awesome, man. Eh? Well, yeah, so, good, good, good on you and good for you. That's, that's great. So. Yeah. So don't, um, it's kind of like a, a five year anniversary present for my wife as well, but yeah, don't be afraid to invest in yourself because I tell you what, man, like every day that I put this bad boy on, I feel a greater sense of, of self-worth. I feel, um, like I think bigger because of it, because mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I, I actually care about myself to invest in myself to get something nice for myself. Yeah. You like you have to have those wins or, or else you're just going to get burnt out, man. And like for other people, it could be something completely different. Like, you, you know, get a, a new fishing rod or, you know, get like that dirt bike that you've wanted. Like I, obviously, want, I want a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. Go out and make it happen. Never say you can't afford something. That's Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. so figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this was like a big stretch for me to buy it. And even today, like I'm thinking like, man, this was a big purchase. Like, but at the same time, like I care about, like I had to care about myself enough to intentionally go out and do that. So hmm. that's good. Yeah. That's a good story. Well, and, and I love, and you did both, you invested in your employees and in yourself. And that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of the times when you think of investing in people or yourself, um, you know, you think, oh, of course, or this or that, but you know, like, I like what you said with your guy on his first day, you know, well, you're part of the team, you know, you, you, you invested in a relationship there and some people might listen to this and say, oh, that's too, um, that's too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, material. Yeah. And you know what, for some people it is. Some, yeah. for, and for other people, you know, I, I don't know, I'm sure you've read the book, the five love languages and stuff. And, yep. and it's just like, for those of you that, that that's not important to, there's just as many other people that things like that mean a lot, you know, and, uh, the, the gifts and the, the receiving of them and things like that. So, so that's good stuff, man. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, any other thoughts before we get off here? Uh, all I want to say, man, is thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm thankful for you, even though, you know, we haven't spent, you know, hours and hours talking to each other and hanging out. Um, the content that you put out, the time and energy that you put into the podcast, um, I can tell you're doing it with the right heart. And I just want to encourage you, man, you already are successful and you're going to continue to be even more successful. And I know you say it a lot on your podcast. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would do this. If I was a betting <laughs> man and I, I was looking to invest in somebody, I would invest in you, dude, because I, I believe in everything that you're doing. Thank you, man. That
Ah, that hit, that hit me in the feels. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I would, even though you, you haven't shaved your chest. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that on the show or was that before we started recording? I hope I was before. <laughs> That's too funny. I was on the show. Wasn't it? I was on the show. That's crazy. Well, listen, Mike, listen, don't, don't hang up before, uh, when we sign off, I want to chat with you a little more here, but, uh, but thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words. That, that actually was really awesome. That, that felt great to hear. So thank you for that. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with your, uh, with your new business. So maybe what we do is this for better or worse. And I don't mean to put a curse on you. I'm just saying things can happen. You never know for yeah. better or worse. Let's do like a, let's do a follow-up like next November yeah. and uh, we'll yeah. do a follow-up show and see, see what's happened on this, uh, this fun journey that you're on. And it's exciting. And now that you live further down South, maybe we can, you were actually in Orlando and, uh, you came like, down here on vacation and we didn't get together. So I don't yeah, know what's up with that, jerk. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so. My wife and I are talking about getting Disney season passes, dude. So that's like cool. our, our big thing. So. We're about, we don't have them right now, but we're about to get them again. So that that's cool. That's ex- I'm actually going to be there this weekend. So uh food and wine festival, my, my wow. quiet bag group is going to be down there and my you know mastermind group. So that's going to be fun. So, but, uh, but listen, thank you for being on the show. It's a lot of fun. Hang tight after we, we get off so we can chat for a minute. Guys, if you want to reach out to Mike, it's Mike at SC, like South Carolina, so clean, like it's so clean.com. And uh, just ask him all kinds of questions. By the way, Mike, uh, you know I'm a crude dude, so I, I just got to throw this out here. I think I've already asked you this, but you went to Penn State. Uh, it's, fo- it's football season right now. Uh, do you know why Penn State likes to be losing at halftime? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. It was because they, like they like it when you're a little behind in the locker room. <laughs> oh, oh my god that's a terrible joke all right all right yeah i'm sorry guys i couldn't resist i'm not gonna edit that out though <laughs> i couldn't resist i stole that from south park but it's still funny um guys thank you for listening to the show remember if you're not doing the things you want to in life you better have a damn good reason for it but if you're not pursuing those things there's no good reason peace out